Hola, my good name is Anema Christopher Chami, your host of the Rich Auntie Chats podcast. I welcome you to dive with us into topics on personal finance and intentional living. Today is a new day. We have a new episode. So hop in and let's learn together. But do not forget to subscribe and leave a review from wherever platform you're listening us to. Thank you, Nakaribu Sana. It's another beautiful day or evening and today we have Cindy with us again um atajitambushe mwenyewe kwa vio vyake vya msingi sana ili mjue kwa sababu mnatakiwa kumsikiliza today our topic is how to plan and manage career transitions and i'm so sure sorry la kwanza maswali mengi like what's a career transition or why are we even having this conversation now before we go into all that Cindy, please introduce yourself to us. Tell us about yourself, what are your hobbies. Then we can start this conversation. Okay, so my name is Cynthia Bavo. A lot of people call me Cindy because Cynthia is a mouthful. Um, I'm the CEO of the Rugem Tahaba Foundation. Um, is it media mogul founder of clouds um radio um but he also did a lot of work to empower young people to big to to big to dream big big dreams audacious dreams so we're continuing his legacy um through the foundation by supporting young people to you know pursue big dreams um and unlocking the barriers that stop them from doing that and so if you think about it, this is kind of part of what I should be doing. Um, I think the Rich Auntie podcast just gets like special treatment because it's my community. Um, in terms of my hobbies, uh, hobbies, I love, love going to the beach. I love to sing. Um, I love to read, but half the time I read myself to sleep instead of like reading the book to finish. What else? I think those top three things. I love that idea, reading yourself to sleep. <laughs> yes. Because I've been yeah. I've been very undisciplined with my reading lately. Like a yeah. book that I should have finished by like in two weeks. I have been dragging it for like forever. Maybe I should read myself to sleep. Yeah, hmm. or maybe it's not it's a book you shouldn't be reading. You just drop it and leave it alone. No, no, no. It's the four hour week by Tim Ferriss. It's a book I need to read. Because <laughs> I cannot co- keep on fu- functioning like this. I need to do the list, the list which can give me the highest returns. And maybe I don't even need a, need a job by the time I'm done with the book, theoretically. But uh, that, yeah. aside, <laughs> that aside, so what's a ca- career transition? Let's start there. Because I'm so sure I'm like, uh, so what's this career transition? It's quite a big word, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I think, okay, so I, I don't know the defined word in Webster Dictionary, but basically from my perspective, like a career transition is almost redesigning your career path or your career journey. So maybe if you were um, working in accounting, you, comp- you, you do like a complete shift to working in technology if you were working in 
um, what's it? You're working maybe in corporate communications. You do a like a shift to HR. If you are working in, if you are an employee, for instance, and you decide to like go and get um, and become entrepreneurial and start an entrepreneurship venture, like it's 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 less of just a career shift, but more of redesigning how um, your career journey will look like, how your career journey will make you feel. Um, and kind of contribute to your, whether it's like vision of your life or um, vision of your experiences. So with that answer, I think it flows into the next question that I would ask, like what factors would um, typically prompt people to do a career transition? I know you've covered some, just in summary, like what are these things that make people say like, you know what, I want to change my career Yes. Um, so different people, different, like different strokes for different people, like, and also even you as the same person, you might change your, you might have different reasons at different stages of your life and your career. Um, so what I know is I've had experiences where, for instance, um, I wanted to, a career change because I didn't feel fulfilled at my current job. Um, I have like clients who have shifted because, you know, they weren't making enough money. Um, I have friends who have shifted because like they felt like they were not being utilized enough. You know, they they wanted more. They wanted impact. They wanted to do good. Um, so it's there's so many reasons. Um, but the, the important thing is not even the list of reasons. It's more of why is that important to you? Because for some people, you know, shifting, doing a career shift, career transition because you want to make more money is not good enough of a reason. But for others, it is. Right. For others, um, you know, leaving a job, a well-paying job to pursue an entrepreneurship journey because mm. you feel... Um, you know, you might have more impact, you might reach more people, you might do X, Y, Z, seems like almost wasteful. Mm -hmm. um, but for somebody else, that's like literally what they need to like wake up every morning and feel like I'm like, I have a purpose or not like actually want to wake up and go to work. Um, mm. uh, so other people leave entrepreneurship and go back to employment because they feel, you know, you know, I'm not cut out for, for entrepreneurship. It's too uncertain. It is too many, you know, things in the air. I need to be able to know that at the end of the month, I'm getting my paycheck. Um, mm. I need to be able to control how my day will look like from when I wake up till when I, when I go to sleep. So I think career transitions um, or in terms of reasons, it's, career transitions are personal and your reason can be as trivial as I don't know I, I just want to make more money mm. and it, it's equally as important because it's your reason and that's it doesn't matter what 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 anybody else thinks or uh, feels about it okay that's that, that's interesting so it's a personal decision like never can decide yeah. today 
I do not want to work a nine to five. I want to go and do all these other things that I'm doing on the side. Huh? And then yes, and, and, and not spend more than four hours. Is it four days working, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Now you see, touching my drift now, why that book is important. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So we've had you here before and maybe you shared a bit about your career and how it morphed uh, over time. But can you share with us? Because I believe you've had some career transitions and it's not just one. Because I remember you say something about being a beauty pageant, going on radio, and then uh, being a technology a storyteller in the technology space. And then now you're Madam CFO. So can you please share with us how your experience has been? Uh, okay. Okay. So... Um... So, yeah, I've had maybe a more adventurous career journey than most. And that's just because I, one, I have been blessed and cursed with being multivocational. And for many, that's a blessing. For me, it's it's almost like, what can I not do? Um, and then if I can do it and I see an opportunity to do it, I do it. And then mm. I'll figure it out in the, in the future. Uh, but that those that was my behavior as a as a young person. But as I've as I've gotten older, it's kind of changed. Um, so I started out in media, um, and my pathway to media was actually through a beauty pageant. Um, but the beauty pageant was really a hobby, um, and then went into media, left media from um, shifted from media to corporate communications. So moved from one side um, where I was handling news and, and you know, informing the public to this other side where I'm, pre I'm representing the corporate's interests and visions and, and trying to, you know, manage, manage public relations, manage um, reputations, et cetera. Then I did that for a while. I actually did that for about a decade. Okay, no, maybe I did about seven, seven, eight years. That plus media, a good decade in communications. Um, and it's during that time that I also realized like communication doesn't pay. Like it pays okay, but it doesn't pay enough. And I needed to make more to 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 make more money. Um, so I quit my cushy job at that time. I think I was working for, uh, I, like I had a nice permanent job in a foreign government, um, you know, with in a twenty-year pension, permanent and pensionable. <laughs> I I left my job, quit my job, and traveled and moved to Cape Town to to start an edtech startup from scratch. But mostly I left because, you know, I feel like I was not making enough money, one, but two, I wanted to have a bigger impact uh, in, in young people's lives instead of like just pushing papers and creating and managing public affairs programs. Um, and then I started this EdTech startup doing that journey, did very well for a while, COVID hit um went back into employment but this time instead of going back to comms because i'd already said i'm not going back to corporate communications they mm. do not pay enough um so i shifted to hr 
Mm. Um, and in HR, uh, HR was doing what I call, the, what people call now people and culture or people mm. operations. Mm. So it's basically HR plus very good internal communications, like solid internal communications plus operations. Um, so I shifted to that because, yeah, with my pathway having, like, with my pathway having um, a background in communications, with my work in an ed tech startup, um, running an ed tech startup that actually worked with with people and building skills and very HR stuff, and then plus my just openness to try something new. It made sense. So I took in a job in HR for, for a clean tech startup and did that for a while. And then, yeah, one day I was just like, this is enough. Like I quit my job and I didn't work, I think for like a few months, six months. And then I started doing tech research for a while. I enjoyed that, but it was too much reading and too much writing. I stopped that and then I got this role as CEO. Um, so my journey has been, I guess, adventurous. Uh, there's a word for tell. Yeah, let's just say adventurous to say the least. And I've had different reasons at different times. Some, mm. some have been, yeah, basically very money driven some have been very you know i'm not like my purpose i'm not fulfilling my purpose others have been okay i have tried this it is great but it is not something that i want to continue with so thank you very much goodbye mm. um and then you know different different reasons at different times just like i said at the beginning um mm. yeah that's interesting. Uh, so what I, I'm just curious. Uh, Helen says it's an adventurous and colorful journey. Yes, and kept on is quite expensive, huh? but uh, that's the only thing I picked from there. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a paid for, it was a pay. I was in a, in a incubation, tech incubation okay. program. Okay. Okay. So that's also the other, the other thing is also taking, um, I'm also very, um, as much as I'm adventurous, I'm risk averse. Mm. So um, I would plan like a solid, you know, pathway to the transition. Mm. Mm. Um, sometimes the, this, the, the transition is not as soft. Sometimes it's mm. just like, you know, you need to make that decision. You need to make the jump. If I keep sitting there thinking about it, I'll never make the decision. So I just make the jump. Mm. Um, but in most cases, I've always had like a, I've always tried to to like have a smooth transition um, mm. through. So the one for Cape Town, I literally, you know, had been doing the ed tech startup even before okay. I quit my job. I mm. had, you know, applied to Tony Elumelu and I'd gone okay. through that whole program and gotten that seed funding so I'd started, mm. I'd almost started the foundational work. Mm. So by the time um, I was, I shouldn't say I was ready to quit, but rather like it was now or never. Mm. I never say like I was ready to quit. I'm never ready to, to like make that transition. It's almost, I'm never ready. But 
it's either you make the decision now or you'll forever like just be stuck here. Because that's also the something something else about career transitions. Um, it's very easy to talk yourself out of it. So you have to know when mm. to give yourself like that. Um, you know, it's now or never. So an opportunity came through and I jumped on it. It was paid for. I already had a track record. Um, you know, I thought I, I was, you know, I was solid in terms of like my savings. It turned out I wasn't <laughs> some, some, <laughs> some months down the road, but that doesn't mm. matter. Like, cause at the end of the day, I learned like there were some hard lessons that I had to learn the hard way. Mm. Um, and that's part of also part of the career transition. You have mm. to be open to like learning um, some things the hard way. Like there's no path, there's no perfect career transition. And I, and I can tell you this even, from the ones I jumped, you know, head first to the ones that I planned smoothly, mm. it's, it's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. There are going to be some hurdles. Mm. Um, but I think maybe the most intentional career transition that I actually took was the one um, last year. Because mm. um, I, I quit my job um, and it was basically at the place I was working, I felt it was becoming a bit toxic and especially mm. being somebody who was running HR mm. um, you don't want to be the person who is like custodian of a toxic mm. culture um, mm. so it just it made sense for me to just leave um, but the, the the leaving was abrupt <laughs> and <laughs> yeah it was abrupt so it had to like it had to happen then or there like it, it's either now or never Mm. but once I left I think I also started looking back at my life and I was like okay we can't keep like Cindy you can't keep making decisions this way mm. um yes you're comfortable yes you have that you know um I call it the fuck you fund people call you call it the emergency yeah. fund I just call it the fuck you fund because you can quit jobs you can quit relationships you can quit whatever you want because you can right mm. yes you have that yes you have um an idea of where you want to go. Yes, you have all these mm. things. However, mm. um, you know, with with experience and with age, you would expect like some decisions are a bit more <clears throat> thought out or planned out. Um, so I, I started becoming very intentional and I hired a coach which is funny, it was, my, it was my first time hiring like a career coach, even though I have done a lot of career coaching for other people. So I hired a career coach. I paid a lot of money for her, like um, for her. And we did career coaching for 10 months. Wow. Yes, 10 months. That's... It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a, a three-month gig a three-month coaching but mm. I think one month in I I started experiencing what's it called burnout like I'd, I'd been so burned out from work from my previous job that I couldn't mm. handle anything any like I didn't want to handle anything not I couldn't but I just didn't want to do anything mm. I just wanted to chill Okay. Um, so even coaching wasn't going to work. But then when I got back to it, then it was slowly, slowly. But and then we had to extend it. But we did it for ten months, 
And those 10 months, we were, you know, just one reflecting on the past, two planning for the future, planning for, you know, this career changes because clearly they will keep happening. For me, at least like with my personality, with my character, they will keep happening. And I hired that career coach and we went through every step of the way. And the thing with coaches and like mentors, they keep you accountable, right? So you say, um, I want to do X and then you put a plan forward and then you actually go and kind of like just nail those um, career plans that you put out. So yeah, I think just uh, as a nugget there, career coaching yeah. really does help with okay, career transitions. That's, that's interesting. Um, so uh, one thing I've noted is that we need to bring you back to talk about funding opportunities because you got a whole Tony Elumelu Foundation funding for your EduTech project. But when you're talking about your journey, um, I wanted to ask one thing. So what is your academic background and did it play like a key role in your career transition? And did you find that it was more of experience or the academic background? And also, was there a transition that you did maybe within a company, say you were working in media and then maybe moved to HR in the same company? So those, I, I just want to highlight that from your um, experience, the academic okay. background, experience, and the organization, or did you ever have like a movement from one department to another? Okay, and movement within, okay. So my academic background is in, my undergraduate was in international business administration with a bias in entrepreneurship and innovation. It's not because I was interested in business. Um, I just couldn't agree with my parents. <laughs> I couldn't agree with my parents on studying journalism. So international business administration was the next best thing that we could compromise on. Um, the other biases like finance and marketing just seemed like a lot of work. Entrepreneurship and innovation seemed like an easier choice. So I took that. Um, and then my postgraduate was in corporate communications. Um, and Basically that happened because after my undergraduate, I went to work in media. And then while working in media, I fell in love with it. I was always in love with media anyway, but like I became more um, in love with working in media. So I went to, st so I went to back to school to study something in media. But once I got to school and I saw like the, trajectories of media production and corporate communications and de development communications. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing media. I'm going to do corporate communications. Um, so that's my academic background. Um, mm -hmm. And then I actually, for a good decade, I just worked in media and communication. That's my, the main okay. work I've done is in media and communication. Okay. Um, but now this is where it becomes interesting. For me, I've always felt like you can put me anywhere and I will function. 
um, and I will do the job really well. I just need to learn the framework, understand the people, and understand the process. But that's because that's how I, I see life. That's how I process things. So um, basically, I'm a, syst I'm a system thinker. And then I, because of my, I don't know, is it character or personality? Of course, that coupled with a background in communications, I'm really good with people. Whether it's managing them, whether it's working with them, whether it's working through them, whether it is, I'm good with people. It's like one of my superpowers. But I'm also good with like processes. So workflows, thinking of each step, like, you know, each like very, thinking of the bigger picture and then thinking of each detail on that bigger picture. Like I can see process in ways that I feel like possibly other people don't. Um, and that has, that's how I've always worked as opposed to being somebody who worked maybe in corporate communications. So a lot of times, even um, in my jobs, they would say, oh, that's the corporate comms person, but she's also the, I think, product manager and the research manager. She, like she does a lot of things. Like it, I, it almost became that person who, this is their title, but she does all these other things because at the end of the day for me, it was always like, if I can understand the framework, um, so framework could be just maybe how the organization works or how the job works or what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And if I understand the people and I can build the relationship and if I can break down the process and either build it or fix it or implement it or use it to the way that I want, I can do the job. Um, so even when it came to transitioning or even moving into different jobs, I look at it from less of, I have experience in corporate communication or I have experience in, um, you know, running a startup to I have experience with people and process um, and building things from scratch. I have big picture thinking while at the same time matching it with detail, with, you know, de being detail oriented. So I look at it from, so I would say when people are considering career transition, don't think about your job or your title, or your um, what you studied in school. Maybe take a step back and look at it from either a broader perspective of the kind of work you do and a broader perspective of the value add that you bring in that job. Because that is what, that is, that is what will get you hired um, at least with smart HRs or smart hiring managers, that's what they'd be looking for. They'd not be looking for, um, you know, this person has been a, a logistics person, one, two, three, four, five areas. No, they'll be looking for what is that source? What's that special thing that they bring to the table? And, and, and being able to package that and, communicated to somebody who is hiring or when you're doing the trend you're making the transition um then the last the last question what did you ask me i forget 
uh, I said also within the organization, was there like, uh, were you able to move from one department to another or mostly it has been because of your experience? Um, so I have moved, yeah, I've moved, I've, I've, I've actually moved from many departments. So um, I've had at least three, three jobs where I was, I was moved or added or, or functions were added on my, on my portfolio. Um, so one area, for instance, I was working corporate communications, um, but then, you know, they needed a monitoring evaluation and learning person. And I remember this, this line manager of mine was really smart. I think to this day, I think he's the one who actually got me to start thinking of my skill set in that, in that uh, perspective where I shared, you look at what you're good at um, and work with that. And he said, um, and everybody wanted to hire another person. And he said, no, I don't think we need to hire another person. Um, Cindy can do that job. And everybody's like, she has no background in knowledge management. She has no background in monitoring, evaluation, and learning. And, and he was like, no, 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 no. But she understands process. She understands, you know, that, you know, you plan something, you plan the outcomes, um, and then you measure the outcomes. She understands, like, what, and he was, he was trying to explain how, he was really trying to explain, like, the skill... We need a skill set as opposed to a new person. Um, so actually, a whole department was moved to my to my department. So now I became like a corporate communication and knowledge ma management manager, and I'd never done the job ever. Um, but what that manager did for me was he made sure that I was trained. So he he took me through a training. Um, process. Um, he took me how to, he, like, he walked me through how to think about monitoring and evaluation. You know, he put me through, uh, he put me with um, other people who are handling corporate communications and monitoring evaluation and learning. And he showed me that actually those two things are very well aligned and I'm very well placed to be doing them. So like he really put in the, the learning and development um, support for me to be able to like take on that department as well. But I'd never before that day even heard what monitoring and evaluation and learning was. And um, a line manager actually saw that within me and kind of like said, okay, this is what she's good at. So the gaps that we need to fill are less about her ability to look at things and more of just the, the, the technical, the technical words and the technical processes, which are the easy things to master. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think that that was one experience that I remember that was mm. life changing because it even changed how I, I looked at things. It even changed how I functioned as a co communication person. Another place I shifted was actually um in one of my more recent jobs and i started out in learning and development um and i was actually 
literally training women in rural Tanzania and Nigeria on like digital, like basically powering them with skills, um, you know, digital skills, sales, inventory, um, cash management, uh, customer service. So training them on that and then, you know, basically giving them uh, a small hub of renewable energy technology to kind of sell those services to their communities. Um, but over time, as I worked on that job, I realized I could not make a difference working, just doing training, learning and development. Um, and it wasn't like, I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to change the lives of these women, one, by just training them. I needed to also change the infrastructure of how they are taken in, of how they are, they are absorbed, of how um, they are growing through the ranks, but also of how the other employees see them. Because So a graduate, ambaye ametoka University of Dar es Salaam, amekuja, amegraduate, anakuja kuwa manager wa uu mwanamuke, yani, um, there was always like a way they looked down they always looked down on these women. So I needed to change the infrastructure. So I basically went to my boss and I was just like, um, for me to do this job well, I need to be the head of HR. And he was like, oh, we already have a director of operations who's doing HR. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I love it for her. But I need to, I need to be able to have HR and she can focus on operations and I need to focus on HR. Because I can't, I can't um, keep um, bumping into basically telling her what to do because then that creates uh, friction. And we had tried to find a middle ground and it was not working. So I just said, I need, I need you to give me the HR work and just leave that department to me. End of a time, yeah, there's a lot of drama, whatever. But at the end of the, of the end of the day, I got the HR department. And that's when I was actually able to, to shift and change mm. a lot of the things that I wanted to change. And at the yeah, even the director of operations was like, yeah, by the way, this would not have worked if I still had HR. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's another place I shifted, but I... For that shift, I actually went for it, and, and that's because my role, my role, and the impact that the that the CEO wanted me to have would not have been able to happen without me taking on that HR role. Okay, that's interesting. Now, um, El Ellen says, I resonate with this so much. Also, super important that you accept your superpower. Most of us hide behind it, hoping someone will see it on their own. Okay. Winnie has a question. I know you've spoken partly about it, but she wants to know, how were you able to understand or identify your superpowers? 
was it through the career coaching or was it more intentional trying to understand? I know you said something about uh, somebody at work, like more of a mentor from a distance, but if there's any other pointers for Winnie here, it would be really nice. Um, so how, I never, so I've, okay. I've had some really good bosses and I've had some really nasty bosses. So some, the really good bosses, like the one I mentioned was kind enough to like point out some of my superpowers and tell me, okay, this is what you're good at. Um, but he didn't do, that's just one thing he did. A lot of the things that I've had to do was through trial and error, unfortunately. And I think if you started working maybe 10, 10 to 15 years ago, we probably didn't have this career coaching available. In fact, if you are taking career coaching, you are looked at it at a certain way. Um, so a lot of the things I've had to do have been through trial and error. Um, so I would say like, okay, um, maybe I should take on, you know, a role in communicating research. Amazing. Took the job, did very well, but then I learned that I don't like dealing with politics. I don't like, you know, um, I'm, I'm swearing a lot today. I don't like kind of like, you know, like sucking, the kissing. <laughs> kissing us. <laughs> kissing. <laughs> I don't like doing it. And I was doing it a lot because, you know, at the end of the day, all I wanted was, you know, high quality research. I'm a professor doing like a plagiarizing to like 50%. So then I realized, okay, this is, I don't like dealing with politics. So I stopped, I, like any job that um, that had to do with politics, at least like the crazy kind of politics, I had to be the, the one who is the decision maker. Like I knew either I don't deal with it at all. I'm not dealing with the politics or I have to be the one who is the boss, who is making the decisions. So I think to answer Winnie's question, a lot of it will have to be through trial and error. Cause even with the coach, the coach uh, or a career coach, a career coach doesn't um, really tell you what to do you tell them what you want to do. Um, they help you explore that by asking you the right questions, by providing an environment where you can better learn about yourself, by ensuring that the things you said you're going to try and test and, and learn about yourself, you are learning and testing and reflecting and putting it down on paper. So it's like, I, like I always think of a career coach as like, you know, that best friend that you pay to guide you through whatever journey, your career journey or your personal reflection journey, etc. Um, so Winnie, unfortunately, it is you having to do trial and error, but also it's also you being very reflective on the things that you're learning in this trial and error. So like, okay, I've done this, how do I feel about it? Will I do it again? Um, do I want to continue with it? If I don't want to continue with it, okay, we leave it alone. If I want to continue with it, how will I continue with it in a way that 
is accommodating for me because not everything needs to be thrown away. Some things you can keep, but say, okay, these are the conditions in which I will deal with this thing, right? So um, for instance, if I go back to that example where I said, I realized I don't like dealing with politics unless I am the boss, I am the decision maker, I am the one I'm buying, I'm the one rungu, so mtumungine. Um, that really helped me in realizing, for instance, in, in that job where I said I started in learning and development and said, you know, for me to do anything worthwhile, I need to have HR because I needed, like, I could not deal with the politics. And for me to be able to deal with the politics, I needed to be the decision maker. I needed to be the one who says, no, we will not do it that way. Um, I needed to be the one who dictated some processes, some policies. Let me take you back a bit, um, Cindy. Uh, you said there is your move to Cape Town. That was your most solid career. No, the one you did uh, last year was a solid uh, career transition. So what are the key steps does one have to take to have such a solid plan? Because <laughs> Okay, so a solid plan, like I said before, one, there's no such thing as a solid plan, but you can reduce the risk, I suppose, yeah? Um, you know, manage the risks. I, the so, I would say first start, you know, understanding your why, um, and also as, as, like almost assessing your regrets. Um, and I say this because I'm a person who sometimes does things and I'm like, ah, you know, I should not have done that, by the way. I should have should have thought of this thing through. I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have. So one of the things um, when I'm making such big life decisions, I start thinking of all the things that I would possibly regret about making or not making that decision. Um, so that when I come back, when I'm, when I'm, second guessing myself I go back to that list I'm like yeah you know it is what it is I'd already thought about it and I still made the decision so it was the best decision to make at the time so I think that's 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 the next step because once you do that and you're in and you are in alignment with being okay with the potential whether it's yeah the potential consequences then you move with a different kind of confidence. And then now, once you have that, look at yourself. You go back, like now you go back to like your reality, right? Um, so the biggest reality here is your skill set. Because to make a successful career transition, um, it's all about your skill set. Looking at, you know, what you're good at. What is that, yeah, that superpower that, you know, you bring to the table, that special sauce, what is it? Um, and then also beyond that now, um, also the things that you work best with or the environment that you work best in. Um, if, it's, if it's also, if you are leaving a place because of, you know, unfulfillment, then what would make you feel fulfilled? Understanding that, 
Um, so really looking at your realities from your perspective. So, the, but the most important is the skill set, um, your character, um, your yeah, those those two things are at the top of my head. Okay. Um, the, the other thing, sorry, mm. now I'm, I'm like continuing and continuing. <laughs> uh, the, the other, the, I mean, beyond now, those things you also need to look at now. Where is it that you want to go? So you've looked at your skill set um, and seen your reality. Compare your skill set and the things that you, that are essentially under your control to a place where you're going or where you want to go that you're not in control of. So say, let me give a simple example again from corporate comms to HR. My skill set in corporate comms is people. It is relationship building. It is managing process. There's so many other things, maybe, but those maybe those are the two key, two, three things that are key. In HR, I'm looking for a job in HR. What happens in HR? HR is basically one legal processes and labor laws, which is very administrative. And then the other part is, you know, managing politics. <laughs> then the other part, which is now managing politics as relationship building and management. And then the other part is internal communications. So now when you look at it that way, um, Cynthia is a corporate comms person. What am I missing? I'm missing labor laws. So how do I fill that gap quickly so, so that I'm able to actually do that shift? Because everything else ticks. Relationship building, tick. Um, internal communication, tick. The other thing is labor laws and le the legalities of the HR function. So now I need to make sure that I get that checked. What's the other thing? HR has a lot of, um, like I said, has a lot of politics. For me as a character, I cannot be managing politics. mimi ndo somebody mimi. No, I have the job cannot be a middle management job. It has to be, a, you know, director level job so also looking at okay so it means when i'm looking for a job i'm looking for a director level job so even when i'm going out to actually make do the job search i'm very clear on the job i'm searching for um how i've you know mastered the skills needed the skills and the, the and the processes needed and i go and apply for it I don't know if that's clear up until there. Yeah, I think it's very clear. Yeah. So my other question would be, Sasa, nimekuwa inspired apa, Cindy. I want to, maybe let's say, I want to get into, like yourself, you're moving from comms into, into HR. Let's say it was two different companies. Like you're moving from your comms job to go into another company as an HR. How do, does my CV need to look like? And how do I explain myself in the interview to land that job? So um, maybe first a couple of things. 
you should have as it is, even if you've not done a career change, you should have at least like five different versions of your CV based off on potential potential roles that you can take on. Um, so that's one. Um, making sure that you have different versions of your CV that covers different roles that you are, your current job is relatable to. The other thing is now, how do you go and interview? Da, da, da. I do one thing that I think most of us in this group should be able to do. I think most of us here have maybe over four or five years of work experience and and above. So one thing that I have actively avoided in the past five years is to apply for a job. I like I will go to somebody who has who already knows what I've done for another company as opposed to going and applying for those jobs that have been posted and applying like really nearly because those ones sometimes they will even already have somebody that they that they want to hire why am i saying that's one way to to go about it because people who already know the kind of work you've done for somebody else are more prone to hire you quicker without questioning too much about um, your last job being a director of people and culture, and now you're trying to get a director of operations role. They will not question too much because they already know, yeah, this person went there. Yeah, they were the director of people and culture. However, they were doing one, two, three, four operations. They were doing one, two, three, four internal internal communications, which supported operations. They were they already know that. So that is one um, trick that I would suggest that you use through your network, through people you know, through CEOs and HR managers who have you have either worked with your former bosses are very good um, sources of those potential roles. So that's the, ideally, you should be doing that. Realistically, it doesn't always happen like that. So you've been inspired. You want to apply for an HR job and you have a comms background. How do you convince the HR on the other side to take you seriously? So one, before you even start applying, you fill those gaps and put and make sure that those gaps are covered in your CV. Um, one way is to start taking um, some active role within your existing company. So if you're a corporate comms person, say in company X, I'm sure there's an HR person. Start volunteering to do some HR stuff, whether it's training, they can't give you the, the, the legal stuff because, you know, they're, they're kind of... Um, the law doesn't allow for, for that for that kind of stuff um, but there are things that even HR hate doing so you'll be the one who kind of offtakes that offtake like offtake it from them and, and and try and and learn the ropes and try to learn the little little things that that goes a long way in helping you build the actual experience now when it comes to your CV when you're writing your CV um, 
you can say I'm a corporate communication specialist with experience um, working in HR doing one, two, three. At the end of the day, even HR managers look at the real, like how real you're explaining yourself in your CV or I'm a corporate communication person because there's a time my CV would say I'm a corporate communication person, a uh, uh, strategist turned HR specialist. You know, I had CV, different CVs saying different things that kind of helped me um, even land other like HR roles. Um, what else? The other thing is to ensure whatever gaps that you were able to fill, whether it's through training, um, whether it is in school, whether it is shadowing. A lot of companies, especially if you work for big companies, there are opportunities to job shadow. Um, include them and really leverage on them when you're interviewing. Um, and HR, a lot of HR people will tell you, will be nowadays we, they ask behavioral questions. So they really want to see, or competency-based questions. So they really want to see if this person, yeah, so if you actually have had the experience, the questions won't even perplex you. The HR manager will not even be surprised at you, you know? you've um, you've done it like they can they can also buy into conviction right um i would say those from the top of my mind those are the things that you should do okay that's interesting now uh one last question and i'm going to make it financial and then we close the session because we are running out of time um so how can one effectively balance financial considerations when transitioning to a new career, especially when there may be a temporary income gap, which again, I go back to your experience. Those are time you had six months of no job. Well, I'll tell you something then you, you, you'll have to probably edit it out. Get a rich boyfriend. No, I'm kidding. Um, Wait, where do we get them? <laughs> Get a rich boyfriend so that they pay they, they pay for everything in those the time you have a financial gap. Sorry, I'm I'm kidding because some of you are married also. So also part, maybe part of the reason why I even joined the rich aunties is to make sure that in such situations, as much as I have money stashed away, I am not continuously worried about the fact that money is not coming in and I'm just spending the money. Because that, that that will be your biggest challenge. Sometimes you even have the emergency fund, right? You've, you've, you've been saving. By now, you've been working for a while. So you have an emergency fund, like a substantive one that you probably would be comfortable with if you had calculated, made the right calculations about your, the, your financial needs. However, the biggest challenge would be I'm spending money, but I'm not bringing money in. I think for me that that was my biggest my biggest challenge just thinking oh my goodness I have just done shopping why do we need to spend 300,000 on this or why do we need to spend this you know and it's not like typically before that was was a non issue but then now I'm just like uh no 
so I would I don't have advice per se to be honest about financial considerations. Um, different people will struggle with different things. Mm. Some people will struggle with not having a you know a substantive emergency fund. Mm. Um, so then that means you know now planning backwards how much would you need to take some time off so that you can comfortably stay maybe not comfortably but you know have money to cover your expenses while you're thinking around work um, mm. or finding the next best thing the other thing can be now you know the other another person will struggle with the things that I'm struggling with having the funds but then just worried about like oh my goodness what happens mm. if what happens if that's when you start thinking of, of all the possibly terrible things that could happen but one way that, for instance, I tackled that was almost was taking some consultancy gigs. There were small, mm. there were small um, consultancies. They were not, you know, they didn't require much of me. So, like facilitation of, you know, um, one of the one of these development partners uh, mm. workshops or meetings. You make you you make a good whooping two thousand euros. You you're like okay. Okay, I came in. There's money. My money came in. Okay, you know, mm. at least money came in. You know, mm. um. So taking on those kind of, also taking on those kind of um roles, mm. um. If you that's if you do those things, maybe you know, if you are somebody who was already doing a side hustle, kind of now putting more effort into your into your side hustle. So if consultancy mm. is one of them, then you mm. know, putting more effort into it. Um, if you're doing, I don't know, maybe if you're selling clothes now, kind of, you know, mm. like before, before on a post it to up and a pile, and now and you're like, the money, how mm-hmm. fucking cool! You start calling, <laughs> you start calling. No, no, and say, ma, wingi wanguo aunguomzia, yes. Um, right, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I don't have the right answer to the financial considerations, but for me personally, um. Uh, the struggle was just the fact that money was not coming in and I was spending it. The, the, uh, so one way to kind of calm that anxiety was to kind of try and take on these different mm. roles. Um, and then also stopping to give like free advice. I think that's the other thing. I started, I, I started, I, I started, I started charging for, for like my advice. Cause I, I used to give, for instance, like, career advice like very freely mm. and I was just like no people mm. need to pay for it um I, I used to what else there's something else HR advice like my friends mm. would come you know I'm having this I'm like no 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 this, yes, this will be a, yeah no no different <laughs> invoice I'm like oh, no, you are, I, I charge nowadays mm. uh, and it wasn't much but it just gave me it, it made me feel like I was doing something about this anxiety that I had about around money mm. yeah 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 and just as to add on to what um we had uh what's her name anna Masha, uh here last time and she did say something else multiple streams of income like mm-hmm. yes you've decided this maybe it's time off as you transition then think about other sources of income see your moja too but I also mm-hmm. love how you assume that just because people have been working based on an emergency fund, you will be shocked <laughs> in these streets. Not even emergency fund, like even to think people would have savings. 
you'll be shocked in these streets you find somebody who has worked for 10 years and they have nothing to show for it so i think it's a call to people to also at least even have that because you never know when you need to move when you need to do something now um And I just yeah. wanted, there's a point you spoke about, I needed to go back to it. When you're talking about uh, finding a new job when you're transitioning, and you said uh, it's ideal that at our age, at this big age of ours, we shouldn't be applying for jobs that are posted. And I think this is something I stress a lot. Like guys need to network. Like you need to network. You need to get out there and not just go and sit somewhere and just be there like talk to people make people feel important so that they can remember you next time and I I know I'm one of those people who like in one weekend I would attend like at least three to four events and people think I'm crazy I do that once every two months and people would think I'm crazy but the point is the more you're seen the more it's easy for somebody to remember okay I need this and Nema I met this girl so because it's the same people let me tell you in this event you go if you go around the same people so the more you meet them the more that you stay at the front of their head and they'll be thinking of you when they need somebody for something um so yeah that's what i wanted to highlight and something um ellie shared here she said what i have found to be useful in applications this is for jobs uh is to look at the job description of your desired role and find ways on upskilling in those areas and then when applying, make sure the keywords used in the requirements and description is in your application. Even if the application is taken through AI for pruning, it will catch those words. Thank you, Ellie. That's a very good tip. Now, before mm-hmm. you go, there's a question. I don't know if you've answered it here on this uh, podcast, but please do repeat. If you'd go back in time, what would you tell your younger self about money? What would I tell myself? Oh, wow. That's a profound question. Give me, give me, give me two minutes or three minutes. Let me think. Because like now I'm having like different things I, I could tell myself. Let me uh, I know there's a question here, Winnie. You asked about your personal individual learning strategy or professional development strategy. Uh, I think she spoke about it. Trial and error. And also she did some coaching. And also, I think self-awareness, just studying yourself, make your, any common of a study with Vingine, study yourself also, know what kind of person you are, what really works for you. What I would tell my younger self, I would actually tell my younger self to like, put away, put away the money that you're making. Mm. Um, I wish I, I wish I, okay, so one, maybe I wish, at this point in in time, when I think about my younger age, I think I was richer when I was younger. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's because I didn't have much expenses, um, but I was. I think I was. I think I was really rich, and like this is not even. I wasn't even, you know, working full time or you know working. Um, yeah, I wasn't working full time, so I'll just take like you know production jobs and you know make my quick ten thousand dollars. Yeah, nini nini. And I'll just spend it. And I'll just spend it. And I'm just like, now, you know, if I had saved that money, <laughs> if I had done this, if I had done, like, I, like I've, I continuously, I think, not now, but rather like there was a time I continuously, like, um, 
is it Sema or something like or I just Cindy, if you had been smart enough. But mm. I I kind of changed that that tone after a while because somebody said, you know, you needed to do that mm. to get that out of your system, mm. to learn what being broke is, like not having money, so that you can learn how to do better with, you know with managing money now that you you're not you're you're not making as much now that you have more responsibility and expenses so now going back to what i would tell my younger self yes put away that money but please also enjoy it to the fullest like continue enjoying life some of the best um travels some of the best experiences were actually from those bad decisions that i made so i want to honor that instead of whom sema yule mtoto when i was younger by the same time i was i i want to take away the lesson of it's okay to put away money as well you know it's okay to um save for a rainy day instead of always you know uh, being so positive about you know money will come see the next gig will be in two weeks so we'll go to i don't know where and do it more money will come then we'll save next time so like put whatever you can away but at the same time like don't punish yourself for enjoying mm. life or making the decisions that you made you made them you enjoyed the bad decisions you survived through <laughs> you survived through the brokenness you know the eating one piece of bread for lunch dinner and you live through it now you know better because you know you cannot live on one piece of bread so you handle it oh that's that's beautiful and pesa ipo ni mimi ku figure out how to get it from one person's pocket into my pocket which i understand it's the abundance mindset but if you're not keeping any of it it's just okay you get it and then you use it and then you get it again and use it and then we'll be old tunatoa laana baadaye kucheza golf it just doesn't <laughs> just it doesn't add up so Cindy thank you very much for being with us here today i hope thank there's some you. people who are thinking of their career transitions as we speak um i believe this is a conversation we need to keep on having it because i believe it's very broad but i thank yes. you for your time it's been awesome nimejifunza vitu naenda kuandika my five different cvs um <laughs> very soon yeah. so Please yeah be. and and i really need to like uh on my side i need to like put a, a lot of effort into networking um i i think i do it better with whatever i do on the side but also professionally i need to think of it also first i figure out where i want to do profession where i want to go professionally that's the other thing but mm-hmm. yes it has given me a lot of thoughts so before you go any parting shots for the listeners on the podcast some yes, love for them ah uh, there's something that i forgot that i've just remembered um yes. as getting I, i know we talk a lot about coaches and and mentors then there's something called a sponsor um i never knew what that was or um who they are like i never really understood the concept of it until um two two people reach out to me to give to offer me a position 
because somebody um, who knows my my career trajectory had shared um, them like, oh, you're looking for this person. If you're looking for to hire for this position, this person might be the right fit. They're not really in that whatever, but the but the the skill set you're looking for or the mindset you're looking for or the character you're looking for. So also um, almost nurturing those sponsorship relationships and sponsorships typically are, um, you know, those influential people in your life. It could be your former boss or your former line manager. It could be, um, you know, somebody you met at a networking event. It could be somebody who just sees your work around and, probably never even speaks to you that much, but just genu genuinely saw that sees how you move and likes how you move. Um, yeah, so something else to consider is nurturing those um, sponsorship kind of relationships because they, they also help with career transitions, especially. Ooh, I think that's, that's my, nice. my parting, my part, one of my parting shots, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Mimi, I believe I have sponsors inside this rich anti-community. So please, ladies, <laughs> do something for your lady here. So sponsor. thank you again. <laughs> yes, sponsor me. Thank you again, Cindy, for your time. Uh, and, uh, and listeners, I hope you've learned something. So until next time, see ya or...